Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, but you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind It is your boy DJs with running back Philly. No frozen fanboys, no intros. Hit the like button on this show if you are watching live or if you are watching on replay. Please hit the like button. It goes a long way in helping the channel grow and pushing the content through the YouTubes, through the YouTube algorithm. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're brand new. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss anything. And go over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. Um, and if you want these shows in crystal clear mastered audio form, we are on every podcast platform. Uh, under Sixers and 76ers, we are now on the first page on Apple Podcasts. And that's because of you wonderful folks uh, leaving reviews, downloading, subscribing to the podcast. Uh, all that, all that kind of stuff. So thank you. Thank you for that. The Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Molly Wop. Obliterate. Embarrass. Bully. The New York football giants. Now people thought. The Tennessee Titans was, was going to be a test. For this team. Hey, yeah, well, they're going to play the Titans. This is a good team. Now you're finally going to see. And we smacked those bums 35 to 10. And then New York football giants been having a decent season, been having a surprising season, been having a, a, a catching me off guard, you know, with their record this season. I didn't really tune in to Giants games, you know, intently or anything like that. But their record was always, there was a point where they were, what, 5-1? and one? And I just always knew the Giants are frauds, bro. I don't care if they're 10-0. and zero. I don't believe in the Giants because I don't believe in Daniel Jones. And I didn't care what their record was. Now, they've come down to earth record-wise recently. They, they, they came into this game 7-4-1. and one, And that was still like, you know, this is supposed to be a team that, that could challenge the Philadelphia Eagles. And we smacked those bums 
48 to 22. So, you know, if people don't believe in this Philadelphia Eagles team yet, they're just they're just deniers at this point. They're just Dan silly hoes. Speaking of Dan silly ho, you know, those of us that didn't believe in Jalen Hurts, myself included, did not believe that Jalen Hurts could do what he did in one offseason. The real of the real, the ones who keep it a buck like a dollar store, like your boy DJ Eastwood, have no problem whatsoever saying, I, I, the, the kid proved me wrong. The dude, the dude proved me wrong. The dude 100% proved me wrong. The dude did exactly what I thought he could not do in one offseason. He proved me wrong. The people that are real honest with themselves and don't have an agenda can easily admit something like that. I said, every time I slandered him or said he couldn't do it, I said I would be more than happy if he proves me wrong. Obviously, I'm an Eagles fan. I want this team to win. I want the quarterback to be great. The people that consistently have an agenda and cannot admit that they were wrong and that they hold on to it forever. So before this game, what was it, yesterday or all week long, whatever, Dan Sillyho has run out of things to say because he's he was 100% wrong about Jalen Hurts, as was I. But he won't admit it. So now he's going, now he's going on this thing saying, can Jalen Hurts be great for 10 years? And he's saying the style of play, Jalen Hurts' style, physical style of play and running the football basically means that he's going to be injured most of his career and he will not be great for 10 years. So this silly hoe is actually sitting up here saying, okay, fine, he's good, but he won't be good for 10 years. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know I don't like when people pull the race card in sports. You know I don't like when you have an assessment on a player and people like to automatically be like, you don't believe in him because he's black or whatever else they say, whatever else they said to me last season. But with Jalen Hurts proving everybody wrong, the ones that are still being deniers are coming off as a little bit, a little bit, you know what I'm saying? It is coming off to me as all the signs are there now. He has showed you. He did it. He did what you thought he couldn't do. He did what I thought he couldn't do. So the people that are still denying it to me, and it's just my opinion, but the people that are still denying it to me, it does come off as now it just seems like you don't want to see a black quarterback do what you do, do what you thought he couldn't do. I'm just going to put that out there. Dan Sillyho has been fired for making racist comments on the radio before, so it's not a shock to me, and it shouldn't be a shock to anybody that Dan Sillyho is coming up with new, new ways, new ways to discredit the black quarterback. That's all I'm saying. There, you can't deny it at this point. Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. He's playing perfect football. I didn't want to go there. I don't like to bring up race and things like that in sports, but 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 Dan Sillyho, I'm on that ass, boy. Pause. I want all the smoke, and no, I won't come on Jacob Media. All right, anyway, let's talk about this football game. I don't know why I just went on a Dan Sillyho tangent. <laughs> what a good name, Sillyho. 
Uh, Rob R., thank you for the super chat, my dude. Texans blew the game against the Cowgirls, sadly. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the end of that, but I saw the Cowboys were losing to the Texans, and they had the ball on their own one-yard line. They ran for two yards, threw for seven, got sacked for 10, and then threw an interception. So the Cowboys are frauds, almost lost to the Texans, but we already knew the Cowboys were frauds. Uh, Back to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is playing perfect football. Perfect. Perfect football, man. Perfect. It's not the fact that he's physically dominant anymore. He's not dominating teams with his physicality. He can dominate teams with his physicality, and he knows when to use that, and he knows how to use that. He's dominating teams with his mind inside the pocket. He's dominating teams with his in-play calculations. He's dominating teams with his live pocket awareness, reading the field, just looks a step ahead of the defense, and he said it. He said it since he's been in the NFL. The work will show itself. He said it plenty of times. I don't need to talk about the work that I'm putting in or what I'm going to do. You will see it because when you put enough work in, it will show itself. And I'm telling you right now, all of the studying, all of the game film, you know, it was more mental. It was more of of a mind thing. Even changing his mechanics and the way that he throws the ball was more of a mind thing and a studying thing and a putting in the work thing. But you can just tell that this dude was in the film room probably so much they had to make him leave. They had to lock the doors. They had to tell him to go take a take a weekend off. Uh, he is beating teams by being a step ahead of everybody every single play. He's making it look easy. He now has the entire game figured out to where he can step back in the pocket, look at the field, and say, okay, here's my three options. You're going to do this to try to take this away. I'm going to go over here. You're going to do this to try to take this away. I'm going to go over here. If you do this, this, or this, I'm going up here. He's just calculated. He's methodical. He's patient. And he's just making the right decision almost every single play. Today, 21 for 31, 217 yards, two touchdowns, a 109.2 rating. But it's really the little intricate plays within the game, the little the, the third and six when maybe the Giants had a little bit of momentum, right? And you say, all right, if, if we don't convert this, maybe the momentum swings a little bit and he converts it. And I'm a basketball guy, you know, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a hardcore basketball guy, so I think in terms of basketball a lot. To me, it's it's the fourth quarter game on the line, shot clock running down, and you know, Kobe Bryant didn't have the best shooting percentages over the course of his career, but he was the guy you wanted taking the shot because when it mattered the most, it was probably going to go in. Michael Jordan, same situation. When it mattered the most, he stepped up the most. Bryce Harper reminds me of that same type of athlete. Throughout a season, he'll be up and down, but when it comes to the playoffs and it comes to when it matters the most, when it's that one at bat, if he hits a home run here, it sends the team to the World Series. He's put all your every put all your life savings on it. It's happening. That's what Jalen Hurts is coming across to me as right now. 
when it matters the most, the dude is just stepping up confidently and making the right decision. And yeah, he, he's, I compared him to Tom Brady in his prime. Yes. Uh, if, if you would have told me that a year ago, I, I would have laughed. I compared him to Tom Brady in his prime because there's there was years in Tom Brady's career where he made it look so easy, and it's because he was mentally ahead of the defense every single play. He knew exactly what was coming. He knew exactly what they were doing. He watched what they chose to try to take away. He took what they gave him, and he just dotted down the field, play after play, game after game, and made it look easy. And that's what Jalen Hurts is doing right now. We're not talking about Jalen Hurts being top 10. We're not talking about him being top 5. Bruh. This dude's leading the league. What, what's, the, what's the stat they put on the screen? I think I saved that photo, man. This dude's leading the league in three different passing categories uh, beyond 20 yards. Here it is. Jalen Hurts passing from the pocket. Last year, Jalen Hurts passing from the pocket. All of these rankings, he was like 29, 28, 30. Throws over 20 yards, throws in tight windows. Throw, he, was, he was at the bottom of the league. This year, passing from the pocket, Jalen Hurts, completion percentage, first. Touchdown to interception ratio, first. Quarterback rating, first. This is, this is nonsense. This is, this is incredible. So I'm blown away by what he's doing every single week, and this game was was no different. Uh, he was amazing. He was amazing, beating teams with his arm, beating teams with his legs when he has to. Just beating teams, straight up beating teams, straight up beating teams. This Eagles team, you know, at twelve and one, they still had a lot of ups and downs during the season, a lot of parts of games that they. You know, looked uh, looked uh, you know conservative defensively and things like that. Not in this game, not last week either. So I think this Philadelphia Eagles team as a whole is becoming a well-oiled machine, and that should be scary for the rest of the NFL. The fact that we're twelve and one and we were kind of working out kinks throughout eleven games, the last two. 35 to 10 beatdown of the Tennessee Titans and a 48 to 22 beatdown of the New York Giants. We're rolling. We are rolling. I don't know who's stopping this team. I don't know who's stopping this team. The defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, I don't know who's stopping this team. I can't I can't find I can't find a weakness. We lost Reed Blankenship and Kevon Wallace comes in there and starts making plays. I can't find a weakness. Platinum beats, Pope Platinum beats. Thanks for the super chat, man. The game has slowed way down for Hertz. It has slowed down incredibly, man. He's one step ahead of everybody, and it's wild. A, thank you for being a member for eight months. Shout out to A. The Eagles came, they saw, they conquered. Yeah, let's just uh, let's go down my note. I guess the, the next thing I want to talk about is Miles Sanders because he had 17 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns and really put the nail in the coffin with a 41-yarder. Uh, later in the game, um, you know, the, it, it was reported that Saquon Barkley maybe wasn't going to play in this game. Who knows? The guy's always hurt. Um, and I wanted him to play because Saquon was Penn State's star running back. Miles Sanders was behind Saquon Barkley for three years. 
and I, I watched his highlight tape coming out of college when the Eagles were about to draft him, and I, and I said, this, this kid has some Saquon Barkley tactics. I didn't say he was as good as Saquon or as physically you know, dominant or anything, but I said he has some Saquon tendencies, his shiftiness, his zero to 100, his, his stop and go, his breakaway speed, his ability to break big plays, his ability to turn a two-yard loss into a 90-yard touchdown. He has those intangibles. You just didn't see him shine in college a whole lot. He was behind uh, 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 Saquon a lot of his career. So I think he probably won't admit it. I don't think they're going to ask him the question. If they do ask him the question uh, in a press conference, I don't think he would answer it anyway. But I think deep down there's probably something there. I'm playing against Saquon Barkley. You know, I'm playing against my former teammate who I was kind of overshadowed by at Penn State my whole college career. So I got something to prove today. And Miles Sanders has evolved as a runner too. Same way Jalen Hurts has evolved as a passer. Miles Sanders has evolved as a runner. All the things that he used to do that I didn't like, I'm not seeing him do it at all anymore. You know, the dancing around behind the line of scrimmage, the the looking at a hole and bouncing it outside for no reason. The there's a lot of mistakes he used to make last season, the season before, and he I'm not seeing those mistakes, man. I'm seeing him get the ball. I'm seeing him hit the hole. I'm seeing him make one move and go. And he himself is taking full advantage of his abilities right now. And you're seeing it come out on the field. Miles Sanders breaks a thousand yards rushing on the season. 17 carries, 144 yards, and two touchdowns. And on the other side of the ball, ladies and gentlemen, the New York football giants finish a game with 123 total yards rushing. The Eagles, who lead the league in rushing, of course, because we have running backs and we have a, a quarterback that can run like a running back. We finish a game with 253 yards rushing. The Giants finish a game with 123 yards total rushing. Saquon Barkley had nine carries for 28 yards. So now, I, I think the only Eagles' weakness for most of the, for 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 parts of this season was the interior rush defense right especially when Jordan Davis went out uh even though I don't think Gannon was using Jordan Davis a lot in the first place um but our interior rush defense was getting abused for a couple of weeks in a row i think the uh, Washington Commanders rushed all over us uh so we faced Derrick Henry and hold him to what under 40 yards rushing and then we face Saquon Barkley the next week and hold him to nine carries for 28 yards. I would like to say that the Philadelphia Eagles have cleaned up what was probably their one weakness, which was their interior rush defense. Tyrod Taylor was in a game for, for, for about 39 seconds and he had more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. He had two carries for, for 40 yards. Daniel Jones had four carries for 26. Saquon Barkley had nine carries for 28 yards. And my last, my last highlight of the game is Brandon Graham. Uh, my last major highlight of the game is Brandon Graham. There was obviously other highlights of the game, but the, my, my, my other main uh, highlight of the game is Brandon Graham. Uh, three sacks. 
three total tackles for loss, three QB hits. Uh, he had a forced fumble in the fourth quarter. Game's basically over. Uh, he sacks Tyrod Taylor and forces a forces a fumble and a turnover. Um, Brandon Graham coming off of an Achilles tear. Misses all of last season, right? We thought he was going to retire. He's had an amazing career. He didn't have to come back. He puts in the work to come back from an, Achille- uh, from an Achilles tear. Um, and he starts the season out, you know, relatively slow. Him and Fletcher Cox. And, and is Fletcher Cox washed? I don't know. Uh, a lot of people say that he is now. He had a down year last season. I don't think he's blowing anybody away this season. Again, great career. Uh, might might be close to retirement. But I think the beginning of the season, we were putting Brandon Graham in that same conversation piece, saying Brandon Graham's washed too, you know? And we need to we need to look at Josh Sweat, and we need to look at Hassan Reddick, and we need to look at some other guys. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are washed. But Brandon Graham was really just coming off of an Achilles tear. So you don't play for a whole season because you're rehabbing a major injury, right? Then the season starts, and the age that he's at, what's he, 33? 34 football. That's old in football years, right? Especially for a defensive lineman. So after an Achilles tear, you, he starts the season slow. But every game, every week, he got stronger. He got in better football shape. He got quicker. He got quicker off the line. Every single game that Brandon Graham has been back from that Achilles tear, he's gotten better. Better and better and better and more and more into football shape and more and more into the form of the Brandon Graham that we know, which is a Pro Bowl defensive lineman. Brandon Graham has improved every single week. And right now, he's 100% healthy and he's at a Pro Bowl level in week 12. Maybe it took him 12 weeks. To get back into that after sitting for a whole year. But right now, in week 12, 13, week 13, uh, Brandon Graham is at is at Pro Bowl level. And he was abusing dudes today. They couldn't do anything with him. Around the outside, couldn't do anything with him. Swim moves, just straight beating dudes up, just straight pushing offensive linemen back into Jones's lap. Three sacks, a forced fumble. Shout out to Brandon Graham. I'm not seeing a weakness on this team, man. I'm not seeing it. Giants turf field was the best defender. JM, thanks for the super chat. <laughs> Let's get grass, bro. What are we really doing out here, man? What are we really doing out here? Uh, another guy on the defense that had a big day was Marcus Epps. Uh, eight total tackles, uh, seven solo tackles. A tackle for a loss. Um, and when the Giants scored there in the fourth quarter, the game was, you know, essentially over. Um, they decide, hey, we're gonna throw it into the end zone anyway. And Marcus Epps lays a- another clean hit on a wide receiver diving into the end zone. This one was much cleaner than the one last last week. Last week against Tennessee. He gets a little bit of the face mask, gets a, gets a personal foul, unnecessary roughness for, for grazing the face mask during a hit over the middle. This is weak, soft, 
bitch-ass NFL. That's what this is. But last week, I okay touched a face mask, right? I'm old school. I know a lot of you guys are old school, man. You want to throw the ball over the middle. This is what's going to happen. This is what it's a violent game. You can't take hits out of the game of football. Like I said, if the UFC was as mainstream as the NFL, what would they do to try to ruin the sport to make it safer? Dudes would have big headgears on. They would have giant boxing gloves. There'd be all kinds of bullshit going on. And the 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 the, the basis of the sport is violent. The basis of football is violent. It always has been violent. And there's a learn. There, there's a take chance and learn aspect of football. You want to take a chance over the middle? You're going to learn today. So go ahead, throw it over the middle, see what happens. So he lays a clean hit on a wide receiver in the end zone. Helmet off to the side, shoulder pad, bang. Gets a personal foul, unnecessary roughness. You know, and I wish the officials would describe what the penalty is when they call stuff like this. So you can just say unnecessary roughness. If it's if the hit is just too hard, if you hit the guy too hard, it's just unnecessary roughness. Hitting the guy too hard. That's ridiculous. But I hope Jeffrey Lurie's telling him, keep playing exactly like that. I hope Brian Dawkins is calling him saying, keep playing exactly like that. I'll pay your fines. Jeffrey Lurie will pay your fines. Just keep playing like that. Remember that season where... uh. Harrison of the Steelers got fined over $100,000 in a season and it came out the Steelers were paying his fines. Yeah, we want to be a strong defense. We want teams to be scared to throw the ball over the middle. You keep playing like that. They throw it over the middle. Don't hold up. Try to kill the guy. Try to take his head off. We'll pay your fine. Guess what? You might think twice about throwing the ball over the middle in front of Marcus S. I just wanted to rant about that a little bit. It pisses me right off when a guy makes a beautiful defensive play, does something that he was taught to do his entire life playing football, playing safety, and you get a penalty for hitting a guy too hard. It's BS. But I like the way Marcus Epps is playing. You know, and he was playing good last season, and then, you know, we, we trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and, uh, you know, we make a couple moves, and I think he got put on the back burner a little bit, or maybe he felt like he was getting put on the back burner a little bit. So Marcus Epps got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, you know, saying, like, I'm I'm here. I'm here, you know? I'm here. I, ca- I can ball. So I like, I like what he's doing. I like what he's doing this season, man. I like what he did today. Keep doing it. They want to throw it over the middle? You're going to pay a price. You're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. All right, let me go over my notes, man. The Eagles uh, start the game with two sacks. I knew this, but knew this was over. I knew this was over from the jump. I wanted 40 to 0. I wanted 40 to 0. I'll take 48 to 22. I wanted 40 to 0. They opened the game uh, stopping the Giants with two sacks on the opening drive. We immediately come out and have an 84 yard drive down the field to make it a 7 0 game. I said, this game's way over. Way over. That first drive, Jalen Hurts. Let me tell you all the players that he hit with the ball. He hit Boston Scott. He hit Miles Sanders. He hit Calcaterra. He hit A.J. Brown. He hit Devontae Smith. All in that drive. This dude's standing back in the pocket and reading the field like a fucking wizard right now. I don't know who's slowing him down. I don't know who's slowing his team down. I don't. This is a legit 12-1 team. 
This is legit. This is very, very legit. Anyway. Uh, TJ Edwards uh, suplexes an offensive player. I love that. Love TJ Edwards. I thought maybe they were going to call something there too because he did like kind of throw him onto his head a little bit. They didn't call it. All right, fourth and seven. Uh, we go for the we go for it on fourth and seven. Um, and Hertz drops a dime to Devontae Smith down the right sideline, and we score on a fourth and seven. Um. The Giants' safety, who got beat a million times in this game. I don't know his name, and, and I don't care about his name, and he, he doesn't deserve to have his name said on this show. We're going to call him the Giants' safety. All right? That dude stinks. That dude stinks. I mean, bad angle after bad angle after bad angle. Both the Devontae Smith touchdown and then the A.J. Brown touchdown later in the game, they were both on the safety. So Hertz drops a beautiful ball over Devontae Smith's shoulder down the right sideline, but the safety didn't do what Marcus Epps would have done, which is knock the dude's head off. No. That, this is what you get. NFL. This is what the NFL gets when you do what they want you to do. This giant safety does what the NFL wants him to do, which is don't hit the guy. Try to make a play on the ball. Don't be a big meanie and hit people. All right? Because somebody might get hurt in a violent game. So this dude goes for the ball. I don't know what he's doing. Tries to get an interception. He's not even close to the ball and just flies out of bounds. And Devontae's like, oh, look, there's the end zone. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was a great throw by Hertz, but it was uh, it was a little risky. Because if that's a safety that's more prone to knock somebody's face off, uh, you could have got Devontae Hurt on that play. But also, like I said, Jalen Hurts is a, is a student of the game and he consistently studies the game. And it wouldn't shock me at all if Jalen Hurts knew that that safety is a fraud and knew I can attack this safety because he plays like a scared little girl. So I'm going to go attack him. That wouldn't shock me if that was, if that was what Hurts did. That wouldn't shock me at all. Uh... What else we got? The Giants illegal kickoff. The Giants illegal kick of the football. That was funny. Uh, the Giants try to punt the ball. The punter drops the ball and then kicks it off the ground and uh, gets called for an illegal kicking of the football. And they lose 10 yards and lose the down. So it's a turnover. And they lose 10 yards and get a turnover on down. So that was just an epic meltdown uh, by the Giants. And it continued the whole game. Giants really only had one little like section of the game right at the start of the third quarter when they drove down and scored and I said are we are we uh are, are we taking our foot off the gas again you know what I mean but we got it back together real quick so it was that conservative like uh oh you know that 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 looked like they scored a little bit too easily right there but it didn't last long so I'm happy about it um it was 24 to 7 at halftime. The second half, we come out running the ball because, hey, we didn't run the ball a whole lot in the first half. Um, we might as well put this game away, right? We might as well eat up the clock, chunk up the third and the fourth quarter, and go home. So we, we come out in the second half and say, we're going to run down their throats. Uh, we run down the field five rushes for 62 yards right at the start of the second half. 
Um, Hertz dropped a dime to Devontae over the shoulder. Beautiful throw once again and just barely out of bounds. Um, so we kick a field goal right there. Then the Giants drive down the field, 11 plays, 75 yards. Daniel Jones quarterback sneak into the end zone, and that's the one where I felt like that drive was a little bit too easy. And I, in, the, in the back of my mind, I was like, are we about to are we about to get soft right here? Because it was 37 to 17, I think. 33 to 17 at the time. It was relatively like, you know, then a, if we would have made a mistake and had a big turnover or something, the whole game could have been a lot closer than it was. So just that little part of the game, I thought, are we about to get soft and let off the gas like we've been doing in the second half of, of a lot of games this season? And we didn't. That was the only drive, really, that the Giants had that looked uh, a little bit too easy, and they looked comfortable just moving the ball down the field. Um, We have a third and one quarterback sneak. Calcaterra's out there playing fullback, basically, for Jalen Hurts, uh, and they call offsides on the defense and it negates it. I really think you guys know what play I'm talking about. Uh, Hertz had a wide open field with Calcaterra in front of him. It was uh, Giants got lucky there. They got lucky there. Um, we get down into the goal line, into the uh, the red zone. Uh, another drive of running the ball. Six rushes on that drive, and uh, Hertz just runs a very simple quarterback draw right up the middle for a touchdown, and that was it. Game. Over. Game over. Um, The Giants go for it on fourth and four in the fourth quarter and convert. And then they go for it on fourth and eight in that same drive. And uh, we hit Jones and the game's over. Miles Sanders then has a 41-yard touchdown run down the right sideline. And again, uh, he, he, uh, he showed you patience and poise uh kind of hitting the hole standing waiting for the offensive line and then and then bursting at the right time and bounces it outside and gets down the sideline for a 41 yard touchdown so and then the giants throw in the white flag they put in tyrod taylor and the game is over the philadelphia eagles are 12 and 1 they beat the Giants 48 to 22. They beat the Tennessee Titans 35 to 10. Is there anything Carlos Rosado, what's up man? Easy work. Is there anything uh that you're concerned about? I guess with the, with this football team, you know? I get like is there anything that concerns you? I'm having a hard time finding anything that concerns me at this point. I guess the safety position. We lose Reed Blankenship. I didn't see what his injury was. I know he was holding his leg, and then he got carted off the field, and that sucks because uh, we lost uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Cha- uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, whatever he goes by, but and he was leading the league in interceptions at the time of his injury. Uh, lacerated lung or kidney? Lacerated kidney? Uh, and, and Reed Blankenship steps up, the undrafted player, who I was a, a big fan of um, in the preseason, and I was calling for the Eagles to sign him, and they did. 
and so he gets uh, he gets injured. So now we're down to who? Kavon Wallace. So I guess the safety position could be uh, something to be concerned about right now with the injuries. Um, uh, special teams. The only thing that concerns me is can the Eagles remain healthy? Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that, A, eh? and and that's just, you know, that's just the nature of the game. I guess that's with any any team playing football that can that can be a thing, you know, can we stay healthy? I mean, we don't know. That's all up to the football gods if you ask me. Uh, you could have a season where you stay healthy the whole time and go all the way or you could have a season like that one year couple years ago when every single player got hurt in the same game. Knock on wood. Um but yeah, I, I I'm not seeing any any weakness at all, and I'm not seeing really anything that concerns me. And I think also they're not playing like they've accomplished something, and I think that's something that Nick Sirianni probably emphasizes a lot. I think he wants them to continue to have a dog mentality. You have not accomplished anything. You know, you're 12 and 1. Congratulations. Job's not done. Jalen Hurts also, I know for a fact, relays that message to the team a lot. Job's not done. He says that in press conferences all the time. Job's not done. You know, uh, he wants them to remain in kill mode, to not come out here and look like the diva Philadelphia 76ers and walk out onto the court and act like you've done something. And act like you don't have to play hard against a bad team. And then get your ass kicked by the Houston Rockets. Boo! Can't believe I just thought about the Sixers during a Eagles post game. But yeah, I think that's a message that Sirianni relays a lot. I think that's a message that Jalen Hurts relays a lot. Uh, stay in kill mode. Stay hungry. You're 12 and 1. You could be 13 and 0. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Stay hungry. Job's not done. That's a message that I damn sure know that Glenn Rivers does not send to his basketball team. Bums, losers. <laughs> Shane, you want to call the show, man? I got you. Hold on a second. Let me open up the phone lines here. Shane wants to call. If anybody else wants to call, you can call. We'll chop it up for a couple minutes, and uh, um, I'll get up out of here because the, the Sixers play the Hornets at 6 o'clock, and we're going to watch that game, and we're going to do a post-game live. After that. So uh, the phone number is on the bottom right uh, of the show. If you want to call, call me up. Hit up the phone line. Give me your thoughts. Give me your opinions. Let me know. Is there anything that concerns you about this team? And uh, I think Pope Platinum beats you. Uh, when, the, when the show first started, what you dropped in the chat was... Uh, 
this is the best Eagles team you've ever seen. And I guess that that's a question we can ask too. Is there anything that concerns you about this team right now? Because to me, it's hard to find something. And is this the best Eagles team you've ever seen? What you think about those questions, man? That sounds good to me. Let's get it cracking. Three, six, four. What's going on? You're on the show. Yeah. Shane. Hey, DJ. I'm doing great, man. What's up? Let me put your name in here, man. Uh, I haven't, you haven't called the show in a while, man. What's up? We've just been busy. Cool everything. Just tough time being able to call in. Oh, yeah. How's it going, Shane? What you think, man? Good. Uh, we Molly, I didn't get to see the beginning of the game, but I do know we Molly walked them. The Giants and them happy. I wanted to Hulk smash them today. <laughs> Hulk smash. Let's go. I hate the Giants. And like, I know Simone's like, you know, like, you know, we can rest this further the weekend. And I don't want to do that. I want to go up there on week 18, Hulk smash the Giants again. Should have no fault. And I never believed in the Giants system. I said, hey, who knows? Maybe the coach is really good. But I never believed in the team. I didn't believe in the system. Yeah, I haven't believed in the Giants either for a long time. Um, I just don't believe in Daniel Jones. And and I don't know, or do the Giants still believe in Daniel Jones? Like, what year is it for Daniel Jones now to be such a lackluster quarterback? He's in the final year of his deal. They refused to pick up his fifth-year option, so he's gone after this season if they don't bring him back. Yeah, he's he's got to be gone. But what's the what's their actual plan? Because now you, I don't think you really have a bad enough record to even get to the top of the draft, right? No. So my thing is, DJ, I I've always believed in Jalen Hurts. I'm a Jalen Hurts believer. I've always believed in him since the draft. Yeah. Nothing could tell me otherwise. All right, I respect that, Shane. I respect that. Yeah, just like how he's actually this. I I saw Hurts. I saw his pilot in Oklahoma. Saw the TV live. I said, "Oh, what a perfect style." My concern always has been and always will be that he kind of shut me up this year. Was can he be consistent? It's the inconsistency that I said was my concern with him. Yeah. And then Miles Sanders. Oh, I've been waiting all season long, all season long, just for him to put a big touchdown like he did years ago. Yeah, it was a good it's one, man. Fun watching this play, yes, it's fun watching this team. Is there is there anything that concerns you about this team? If you had to pick one thing, if you had to pick one thing to be concerned about. If I had to pick one thing to be concerned about, is Dallas is it uh it has to be not having Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Dallas Goddard's an added bonus when you do have him, but uh, you know, Calcaterra was out there today making some plays. It's not that. It's, I feel like they don't have it yet, and I said it yet. They don't have a tight end yet that can be a replacement for Goddard. To say Goddard does get injured, I don't think they got that guy. Yeah, Jack Stoll or Mink Stoll, he's good, but like he's more of a blocking tight end than a catching tight end. So that's why you dropped the Calvin Taylor, but he ain't there yet. You don't. You can't expect the rookie tight end to come in and just oh look, he's the next Zach Hurts. Like no, you can't expect that with him right away. Right. No, I don't I don't think you can expect any of these guys to be as good as Dallas Goddard. That's a top, you know, that's a top three, four, five tight end in the NFL, honestly, in my opinion. Uh yeah. but yeah, I guess I guess what you know, like security blanket for Hertz, like when you play teams that maybe do take AJ Brown and and Devontae 
uh, out of the game or at least slow them down more, that tight end is a security blanket for him. And without having Dallas Goddard, I guess that, that could be a challenge for us. We'll have to see. Shane, how old are you? I know this is I know this is probably the best uh the best Eagles team you've ever seen, right? Yeah, um, guess what? Uh the Eagles play on my birthday this year. When's that? The Saints game. Okay, that's what's up. Are you go are you going to that? No, but I do know I want to be going to a Joel B game. I know I'm going to a Sixer game this year. Nice. All right, cool. Cool, man. Well, uh you want to hear my opinion on AJ Brown real quick before I get out of here? Yeah, go ahead, man. What's up? I think I, mean, I told my dad all the time. I think AJ Brown. She just reminds me of T.O. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, here a little shorter, but yeah, he reminds me of T.O. Also, man. Uh, he has all the all the intangibles. He can dominate. He he can you know beat people physically, but he also has the speed, the route running, the hands, all of it. He has everything. You want me to get off out of here? I feel you. Hey, thanks for calling, Shane, as always, man. And call back uh, Call back another time. Bye. Later, Shane. <laughs> I don't even know what you said at the end there, Shane. Shout out to Shane, everybody. He's 14 years old, and he knows his stuff. Uh, X, X greatness. Our current team is more talented than our Super Bowl team, but are they better? There are a lot of factors that go into that. Um, yeah, I think this is definitely the closest pre Carson Wentz injury. This is the closest that we've seen since 2017. You know, Carson Wentz was lights out. He was unanimous MVP before he tore his ACL. The offensive line was dominant. The run game was dominant. The pass game was dominant. The defensive line was dominant. Uh, but I think that team still had a, a secondary weakness, you know? And even going to get into the Super Bowl on the back of uh, Nick Foles turning into Joe Montana for two and a half games, they still gave up 500 passing yards in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Um, so I think that team outplayed or, or, or was good enough to hide its one weakness, which was a deep secondary. I think this team is stronger. And so, you know, more talented. Um, yeah, obviously, we can't make that assessment right now. Somebody said, well, you know, you can only answer that question at the end. Well, of course, but we're going to answer it right now. The answer is yes. This team should be, I guess that's how I'll say it, should be the best Eagles team of all time. Should be, because I don't see a glaring weakness at all. I don't see a glaring weakness at all. It seems like all of... It seems like everything's covered. We, we covered all the bases. I don't know how Howie Roseman did it, but he did it. Um, our Super Bowl team was hungry. If we could stay hungry, we were world beaters. That's the one thing our Super Bowl team did. They were so underestimated. They had no opportunity to lose that dog mentality. That's true. When Carson Wentz went down, you know they were counted out, so they had that ability to play with a chip on their shoulder, and they wanted to prove to everyone that they were that they were uh that they meant business and that they could still get it done. I guess that's the main difference here is that you know we're twelve and one. Um but I still think we should be playing with a chip on our shoulder because I still think we're disrespected. You know, you saw the the national media still putting <laughs> Super Bowl like what did they post the other day? I don't watch ESPN, but people send me screenshots of things and stuff like that and 
Stephen A. Smith had like his top five teams most likely to make the Super Bowl or whatever, and the Dallas Cowboys were number one? The Dallas Cowboys were number one most likely to make the Super Bowl in the NFC? What are you talking about? How are you watching a 12-1 and football team that is just lights out, that is just damn near perfect in all aspects of the game? The quarterback is playing like the best quarterback in the league. The running backs are playing like the best running backs in the league. The offensive line is playing like the best offensive line in the league. The defensive line is playing like the best defensive line in the league. We got a safety that led the league in interceptions. What part of our team is not, why should we not be number one? So I think this team can still play with a chip on his shoulder. Because even though they're 12 and one, and now two games in a row have proven to you, we can beat teams with a with an above 500 record that everybody expects us to struggle with, we can smack them the same way we smacked everybody else. But we're still being disrespected. So I still think we have something to prove, especially if we go, you know, the, the rest of this season. Uh, we got Dallas in Dallas. Then we got New York back in Philly. Uh, we got the Saints yet. Um, but yeah, if we went out, you know, and, and go 16 and one, then you would still have something to prove because you would want to prove that we're not we're not a regular season championship. You know what I mean? I think you would want to prove, hey, we, we didn't just do this during the regular season. We can do this in the playoffs, and we can go win a Super Bowl. So there should definitely still be a chip on your shoulder. It's almost like a catch twenty two, like you're. Your regular season record is so good that people expect you to flop in the playoffs. So you want to prove to everybody we're not just a regular season team. We're gonna we're gonna we brought it to you in a regular season. We brought it to you every week of the entire NFL regular season, and we're about to bring it to you in the playoffs also. But yeah, on paper, on paper. <laughs> this looks like the most complete, most well-constructed Philadelphia Eagles team I've ever seen in my life. Um, The 2004 team, very strong defense. Players that I love and will love for the rest of my life, Brian Dawkins, Jeremiah Trotter, Hugh Douglas, uh, on and on and on. Um, Had a great defensive line then, too. You had Donovan McNabb, you had Brian Westbrook, you had Terrell Owens, uh, Jason Avant. What other wide receivers were out there? Jason Avant wasn't on that team. That was a little bit later. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, bro. (laughs) 18 years ago? But I think the one weakness on that team, sadly, was I'm not going to say the quarterback was a weakness, but I think the quarterback's relationship with some of the players on the team was a weakness and it came out eventually. Uh, I think Jalen hurts right now and it's, it's easily on paper backs this up, but Jalen hurts right now is doing all of the things that Donovan McNabb couldn't do on a football field. I said before that Jalen hurts didn't have the Donovan McNabb long ball. Uh, 
and I still think McNabb can heave the ball or could back then heave the ball, you know, farther than Hertz can, but Hertz is looking better in every single other category of being a quarterback. So I think right now you have a a more complete roster and a better quarterback than the 2014. And I'm sorry to say that. Donovan, I love you, Donovan. I love you, Donovan, but I think Jalen Hurts is better than you. Damn. Wow. Whoa. Donovan McNabb has every Eagles passing record in the book. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just came to a realization. Did Jalen Hurts just go from being a second-round draft pick, a labeled a career backup, literally his draft profile labeled him probably a very good backup in the NFL. Did he just go from being a projected career backup to the greatest Philadelphia Eagles quarterback of all time? Wow. Wow. That might be a thing. That might be a topic that I need to cover. There's not many great quarterbacks to compare him to in Eagles history. I just compared him to McNabb. Uh, obviously, Wentz, but he tore his ACL in his in his MVP season uh, and was just downhill ever since that happened. Randall Cunningham. Um, Randall was a little bit before my time of watching football, but 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 just by the numbers and and what I generally know is that Randall was. A running quarterback who, you know, couldn't get it done. I don't. I don't think they had a good roster ever around Randall Cunningham. Shot God, did you did you watch Randall back in the day? I think if you did, I'm just asking if that's accurate for me to say that, because uh, I don't really know many players from the '90s that that are mentioned outside of Randall Cunningham. Uh, the Eagles were very bad for most of the '90s, from what I remember being a kid. You know, who was like like Fred Barnett, like Irving Fryer, like who <laughs> who was Randall Cunningham throwing to? Chris Carter? Chris Carter's early days in Philly. Maybe he was throwing to him, or was he in the eighties? He was throwing to Chris Carter in Minnesota. Not a good roster around Randall. Thank you for that, Edward. Yeah, so you know. Everything's subjective, I guess. Uh, Jalen Hurts has the luxury of playing with a <laughs> one of the best rosters we've ever seen. Minnesota Randall had a cannon. You're absolutely right. Minnesota Randall, bro, he was throwing to Randy Moss and Chris Carter. This dude was just backing up there, launching the ball as far as he possibly could all the time. That was fun. That was fun. But yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to maybe really look at Jalen's numbers this season, and what he's done this season, and, and and really think about the fact that he may have just gone from a labeled potential career backup coming out of college and hated on by a lot. By a lot of people, um, but discredited, I guess, 
or what's the word for we didn't believe in him? That was me. And then he turned into quite possibly, quite possibly, it's possible. I'm not saying he is right now, but it's possible he could be the best Eagles quarterback of all time. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, listen, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the callers. Thank you for everything. I appreciate you being here. The Eagles are 12 and 1. They are the real deal. Uh, haters are mad. The Cowboys almost lost to the Houston Texans. They're frauds. The Giants are frauds. Nobody cares about the commanders. The NFC is ours. The NFC is ours. The NFC is ours. And I just hope we continue to play with a chip on our shoulder. And I think we will because I think Sirianni uh, puts that message into the locker room and I think Hurts puts that message into the locker room. And fire Glenn. Ron Jaworski? I don't know. Did he win a Super Bowl? Was Ron Jaworski like that great or was that just the Eagles never have a name to really throw out there. I'm not saying he wasn't great, by the way. I'm just saying. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind.